51 Beer Rap and Banner. Yo. At Beer Rap Bants. Beer Rap Bants on all the social media platforms. Beer Rap and Banner at gmail.com. Beer Rap and Banter. I've got nothing else to say. You said everything. <laughs> I'm just trying to fool something. You've got your sunglasses on you're inside and you're looking real... Uh, got your chain chain swinging sunglasses on. You're looking looking real good, Cal. I didn't even realise I still had my glasses on. No, leave it, man. Just, it's a flex. It's a flex. Even just, though it's a bit grey. Yeah, we just got in from me beating Cal at basketball. But... Hey, wait, hold on a minute. <laughs> hold on a minute. It was like, what, one point? Five, four. Yeah, but... Uh, it was a, it was, it was a clear win. And for that last point, you just went for the cheeky shot, like didn't even dribble, didn't even run to the basket, Don't nothing. You just shot straight away from the check. Not when I got like the man mountain standing in front of me. <laughs> you know what you forgot as well, yeah? Yeah. I allowed you when you fouled me. <laughs> no, it was I'm supposed to get two. <laughs> no, I'm man. supposed to get two. This isn't the shots. NBA. This I'm isn't... supposed to get two free throws, <laughs> and I only took one, and I allowed you for taking two. This isn't the NBA, and I allowed you when you p- moved on your pivot foot and travelled. So. No, you didn't. You pulled me up for the travel. <laughs> you talking about? You was playing by the book the whole time. Yeah, that's it, mate. Pulling me up for everything. I was wearing my jeans and my glasses. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So, yeah, no, it's a good little workout. Episode 51. Yeah, man. We're going with the... We're uh, back. Ki- I never heard of this guy, but Ki- Kiana Hoover for Liverpool. He's the only fifty number 51 player. All my Liverpool fans will know he's a young player for the future. So, Kiana Hoover. Kiana who? Hoover. I think Kiana who? <laughs> <laughs> not Keanu Reeves can you imagine Keanu Reeves playing for Liverpool <laughs> just ducking all of the shots like in the Matrix he's such a dead actor man I don't think Keanu Reeves is a good actor is he have you seen Ronin is it Ronin no not Ronin what's the f- there's three parts and he shoots everyone up you're talking about John Wick yeah is he Bruh, John Wick is a beloved franchise are you crazy but is he a good actor though well you don't have to be Leo DiCaprio do you you just have to flip in look hard and just draw for the gun and just... Just draw for the You know what I'm saying? And because he's got that deadpan look on his face. He's, he's got that he's that, had for every film. He's got that artificial intelligence, like, clone-looking flipping bolt. Bro, for like... <laughs> mate, perfect for that movie. Bill and Ted, Matrix. And what's that, what's that one on the bus where they're riding the bus? Speed. This stays the same. My God. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, okay, so maybe he's not an actor with the most amazing range. That's what I'm saying. But he's got a niche and he's perfect for it. It's like Jack Nicholson. You're not going to get Jack, Nich- Jack Nicholson to come do like a romantic comedy, are you? Doesn't need to. Yeah, he's, he was in a like a, a strange rom-com where he was just like um, really awkward neighbour that no one likes. But you can't compare Jack, uh, Keanu Reeves to Jack Nicholson, Well, surely. I mean, Keanu Reeves could do a dead rom-com as well if he wanted to, innit? Probably But yes. it's just like, come on, you don't need to. Like, you've got your niche. Everybody knows you're that straight-faced, deadpan actor. And you just go in and do all them straight-faced movies where you can just Shoot be, everyone up. Yeah, just we be got, that straight-faced character. Bro. We've got our niche. What's our niche then? If we, if we were going to get cast to do a movie, what kind of movie do you think we would be in? We'd be like, uh, it'd be like a... A buddy movie, like a cop film. A buddy cop movie. Like oh, Bad God. Boys. Oh, so I'm gonna, I've got to be the funny black guy then, yeah? You could be the I'm going to be like Kevin Hart. No. I'm could... going to be the Kevin Hart in, in the buddy cop movie. So who would I be then? The lame white guy? Lame? Why is it going to be lame? No, why are you saying that? You could be like, like, you could be you like. You have yin and yang. You can't have funny and funny. You got to have like, you like, look at, look at Will Smith and Mike Lawrence. Like one was a bit like um, geeky and the other one was pretty cool, I think. Is it? I can't remember. Okay, so you could be like Mark Wahlberg and the other guys. Yeah. I'll so you'll that. be like the cool the cool uh, white cop. All right, yeah. 
Who's gonna be good cop, bad cop though? And I'll, I'll have to be like Tracy Morgan or something. Who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna smash <laughs> who's gonna smash the, the criminal's face on the table going, tell me the answer, boy, tell me. Jeez. Who's gonna be good cop, bad cop? You, um you, Nah, because you're the cool one, so you gotta be the bad cop. And then I'm the guy that's all over the place, like just a bit bit of a clown, isn't it? No, but you're okay. Nah, man, you're not a clown though. You're Obviously like, I'm a serious guy, but in the movie, someone's gotta do the clown role, isn't it? Yeah. You're looking real Hollywood with the sunglasses. Okay, so maybe maybe I've got to be the cool one. In so I'm Will Smith, and then you got to be. Uh, it's like it's like a Bill and Ted thing we got going on, isn't it? Yeah, minus Keanu Reeves. Anyway, hey yo, it's your boys Bill and Ted <laughs> bringing you episode fifty-one, <laughs> another excellent adventure. That's it. Hope you enjoyed. Yeah, ep- yeah. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed episode fifty. Uh, thanks for listening for the first time. If you're a regular listener, hit us up on all the socials. Um, how you been, Cal? You been good? I've been all right, man. Um, I did like that little uh, bit of basketball just now. Got got the heart pumping and stuff. You a little know? bit of fitness. That's is good. Um, what have I been up to lately? Not a whole lot of eventful stuff been going on recently. Um, I've been uh, trying to trying to mess around with some software and some some new technology and stuff. Um, and also. Yeah, I've been doing a little bit of uh, writing. I've been, you know what? I've I've kind of just been chipping away at stuff. I haven't actually got anything done that I can talk about just as of yet. Um, how about you, man? You've been up to anything? Oh yeah, you went on that um that podcast recently, didn't you? You did that little freeway pause uh, podcast <laughs> link up. Yeah, there was a lot of man in the room. Was, uh, <laughs> That's a whole lot of man. It was in a that sweaty room. situation. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm featured on the wrong side of thirty podcast. Uh, big up cons for having us down there and we also had the shed podcast big up those guys uh, if you get a chance to check them out wrong side of 30 podcast and the shed podcast on youtube and social media and they had me down just to discuss uh cons who's one of the hosts his top 10 uk rappers and then his top 50 rapper list and we had to debate the top 10 list and whether we agreed or disagreed there was a lot of disagreement um and then just talk about our own preferences and, and who we believed should be there, who shouldn't be there. And it was a real good open conversation about sort of UK music, rappers, grime, uh, the old old school UK rap, the backpack rap, the grime artists, the new Drew artists. Um, so yeah, so thanks for having me down there. And that's going to be available. So make sure you check that out. We'll be sharing that on all our platforms. And it just opens a healthy discussion about who's your favourite artist, who's your favourite rappers, whatever. And you could have this about anything, like who's your favourite boxers of all time, footballers of all time, I don't know, like porn stars of all time. Favourite porn stars of all time. I'm going with... I like how you gravitate towards that. <laughs> Charmaine Sinclair. Wow. Are you... Okay. Top three... You're doing the top three selected now? Yeah. Okay. P- Pinky. Okay. We spoke about her in episode 50 at the end, yeah? And... It's tough. There's so many good ones. I'm going to go with Superhead. She's not really a porn star though, was she? I think she did. Do, did she not do some... she done a few scenes, I think. Yeah, but she kind of... The notoriety of her. Yeah, she kind of changed the book. culture a bit, didn't she? Yeah, she... Yeah. And there was a lot of rappers referencing her in the music. I felt like she kind of changed the culture a little bit. That's fair enough, man. That's I, why I'm putting her in there. Not because I actually enjoyed her movies. Uh, that I, much, I respect but, that. I respect that. Yeah, I, I mean, think she's a big, she's a big player, big name, <laughs> big something, big hoe. 
That's fair enough. So yeah, they have me down on there. <laughs> <laughs> that, that podcast is going real greasy, real early, man. I'm fucking crazy. Him. Talk about going off topic. Wait, how about yours? You must have a top three. Porn stars. Mm. Uh, oh. Tiana Trump. Yeah, she's right, isn't it? Uh, Tiana Trump. Uh, uh, Alicia Tyler, who died. R.I.P. R.I.P. And um, Kashmir Sinclair, I think it was. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everyone says you can, you know, you can, you can Google those ones, fellas or f- ladies, if you like. But those, remember that those Cherokee, Cherokee, the yeah, ass. Cherokee, Beauty Dior. There's loads. I could go, I could go on. I know, I know quite a few. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I think it's a good thing. I think it means that you're a cultured man. <laughs> I'm a dirty man. <laughs> no, no, you're a cultured man. You've, you've, you've gone out into this world. You've ventured. You've explored. You've tried different things, and you're a connoisseur. You know, you know what you like. And Some like people haven't done that. They're not, they're uncultured. Mm. They don't mm. really know what's going on in the world. Mm. They don't know what's out there. Yeah, no. They I don't do. really know what they like. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you for putting a positive no, spin in it. But that's, that's a solid three, I'd say. There's a few honorable mentions, but um, we, we, we move on. We digress. Um, also, so anyway, check out the episode with myself and the Wrong Side of 30 podcast and the shed talk about hip-hop, talk about music, having a laugh. So big shout out to them. And I also want a big, big, big shout out to um, Chef Dom Taylor. I went down to his restaurant not too long ago in Catford, um, 1487, if you get the chance, in SE6 in Catford. Great restaurant, 1487. So I took the wife for a lovely meal and we had a big free course meal with a glass of wine and the food was just out of this world cal you'd, you'd really appreciate it mm. um the food was sort of like caribbean with soul food with a with a twist and every plate just just looked like an instagram picture i'm not one to take not one to take pictures of food generally but the food was just out of this world wow. and the mac and cheese the uh coleslaw the akian salt fish fish cakes the vegan brownies, the pork belly. I know you don't eat pork, but the pork belly and the, oh man, just the food. Absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So I definitely recommend if you are in South London or if you're in just in London in general, go check out 1487 with Chef uh, Dom Taylor. Massive, massive, massive shout out to them. I'm just trying to find Do you, the do you reckon they were dress. inspired by that? Um, uh, what's that guy with the, the funny eye? Chef with a funny eye. Not the chef, he's a musician. And he's got that song, 2238. 30 what? Yeah, do you reckon nah, I was inspired nah, nah. by him a little bit? Do you bit? know what? I met, I met the owner, yeah? Uh, Lecky, I do believe his name is, yeah? A, a brother from like South London as well. And he owned the restaurant and he'd, he'd changed hands a few times with different chefs. And he was really positive about finding Dom as a, as a head chef and the food and the vibes they were providing. And you know you can just taste the love and the and the vibes in the food i know that sounds weird but mm. every plate was prepared in such a detailed manner and it was mm. 10 out of 10 and i was full up my wife and i we were full up but we weren't um uncomfortably full and i think some of that had to do with the whole a vegan uh, option that they had so they had like a vegan option for a lot of things they had these um where is it these cauliflower wings bourbon maple and hot sauce glazed cauliflower wings Ooh. I know. Listen, I've got to take you out. We've got, we've got to go. 
We'll either do a double date. I'll take that out, man. I'll take that. So, yeah. I like the way you mentioned they put the love in the food there because I think that's... um, that's an important thing. Like sometimes you can go and eat somewhere and it feels like this food is just mass produced nah, for the, the masses. Was... But like one thing I've always liked is like if I've had a woman make me a home cooked meal and you can kind of taste the love she's put into it if she really wants to make you a nice meal, you know? Mm, mm. That's a good feeling as well. Yeah, and it was nice that they interacted with the staff and, and he came out and the yeah, even the wing, like the fried chicken, it wasn't too greasy and heavy. And if, if you don't like spicy food, it's fine. There's loads of thing that isn't spicy and blow your head off. And if you like food with a little kick, it's got a little flavour and it's got a little London twist and jazz music yeah, was playing. Man. Jazz music okay. was nice. Very mature restaurant. Okay. Beautiful. Wicked set. Johnny Coltrane or something, you know. All of that. All Jeez. of that. Miles Davis and... You know? I don't know who else to reference. There's a big UK jazz scene, actually, that's like in South London and the rest of London. So big up all my jazz musicians. Um, yeah. so you know what? I actually forgot to mention uh, one thing I've been I've done recently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which was watch that new Tarantino movie. Okay. Um, so yeah, went out to go watch Once, Once Upon, Upon a Time, time yeah. in Hollywood. Now, how did you find it? Because it was a star-studded cast and it's a Tarantino film, like you said. So how did mm. you find it? You know, I'm a huge Tarantino fan. He's literally my favourite director. Yeah. Oh, top three selected Tarantino films. Oh. That's such a nightmare. <laughs> um, I'm getting it early with the top three selected. We've not had it for a while. Reservoir Dogs? Ja- Jackie Brown, Pulp Fiction. Bang, bang. Great options. <sighs> the three is a problem because um, Inglorious Bastards was such a crazy movie. But so was Reservoir Dogs. Um, I think don't overthink it. Don't overthink I f- it. I think in Glo- and I think Inglorious Bastards left more of a an impression on me. Then Reser- no, it didn't. Then no, Reservoir it Dogs. Didn't, though. Just say Reservoir Dogs, man. Everyone, you know what I got on in it. Everyone say, guys are saucy. Now that's Usual Suspects. Oh my bad. That was uh, Usual Suspects. Oh man. No, I'm going with Inglorious Bastards. Okay, okay, okay. I respect it. Yeah. yeah what's yours? Uh, let me bring them up. Let me bring them up. I would say definitely Reservoir Dogs. Definitely Pulp Fiction. Does Kill Bill get in there? Mm. Good movies, man. Those Kill Bill movies were sick. With the crazy... I think he collaborated with the RZA on the soundtrack for that. Um, Uma Thurman I'm bringing up playing Black films. Mamba. Uma Thurman was ill in that, man. Uh, Oren Ishii oh, uh, jeez Oren Ishii character. oh from oh. Dust Till Dawn or one yeah. half of Dust Till Dawn because I know yeah he did the Death Proof and uh, Planet Terror with Rodriguez as well um, they were, they're a good combination man Quentin Tarantino and Rodriguez man. yeah I think I think those three are solid uh, so yeah all good all good so yeah so how did you find this film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood it was a long 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 movie so what, what I like to do when I go to watch a movie, yeah, is I try and not watch any trailers. I try and not listen to anything. I stay off social media a little bit because um, I want the whole experience, you know? I don't want to be notified of anything that's going to happen before I get there. Mm. And I didn't know it was going to be a long-ass movie, bro. I weren't prepared for that. Mm. So, like, the running time is two hours and 41 minutes. Wow, that is long. <laughs> Bloody hell, man. Yeah. In this day and age, <laughs> do you think people still have the stamina? Well, I suppose they do, because a lot of the time when we're at home and we're watching stuff on Amazon or Netflix or 
where we've got the luxury of pausing it or we've mm. got our phones in our hands constantly while we're watching something. Yeah. So, I mean, in the cinema, you're you're trapped in there and you're and you're forced to watch it. So, how did you find? Did 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 it drag in a bad way or did it sort of build up, build up, and then? It did drag in a bad way for me because I, I just wasn't expecting it to be so long. I wasn't prepared for that. I was thinking it would be like a, a regular kind of hour and a half kind of movie. Yeah. And, you know, I was in there for flipping three hours. Wow. Um, so I was thinking, wow, some of these scenes, are they're taking so long to kind of pan out. Is it really necessary? But as the movie went on, I started to understand that it was, a, well, what it was is it was a nice pace for setting the scene. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to give everything away. But what I really enjoyed about it, So, yeah, if you're going to watch the movie, spoiler alert, you know, we've already gone into spoiler territory. Yeah. Oh, hold on. I was going to go and see it. So, oh, just fuck it. Just, yeah. Yeah, just talk about um, it. What, what I really got from it, the basic story of it is it's about a guy. Just fast forward this bit if you don't want to spoil it. It's, it's <laughs> two guys even um, who are in Hollywood in 1969. And so these guys are doing cowboy movies which were really huge back in those days weren't they do you remember the old John Wayne movies and stuff mm, like that mm. yeah huge back in the day well he did the hate, was it the hateful eight Clean, Clint Eastwood the hateful eight he directed as well which I really liked which is a western that's a good film sorry go. yeah um, to be fair hateful eight wasn't my favourite and maybe Django should have made it into the top three Django, as well Django I forgot man. about that you know what I mean? no Django's got to be top three selected Tarantino's got too many sick movies but like everything he does like, is, is dope um yeah, me personally, um, I, I haven't liked Tarantino's newer movies as much as the older ones. Although what I've seen is he's started to get better as a director. Like he's, like the technical things that he does, like mm. cinematography and stuff like that, everything's just getting better and better and better and better. And, and in this one, it's a beautifully shot movie. Um, and they flick from sort of like, uh, different kind of film formats during the movie. It's it's kind of dope the way that they do it. Um, there's some nice camera shots, camera angles panning. The story is basically about these couple of guys who are actors and one's a stuntman, one's like a sort of lead actor and, and the relationship between the two of them. Sort of one being the sort of front man, the guy that gets uh, all of the spotlight and the guy mm. being the kind of side man who's in the background just, mm. you know, um, so it's <clears throat> it's interesting watching their two lives running in parallel and seeing this one guy kind of living the life of Riley and the other guy just being a humble kind of bit of a bummed out existence. Oh, no. <laughs> so the movie's about the two of them and their relationship together, but they're really close. They're like brothers. And um, yeah, they get into a, a couple of adventures and the story builds up into a crazy a crazy hateful eight kind of climax like it's fucking okay. nuts in typical tarantino fashion it is absolutely batshit crazy and you kind of like you kind of go a long way without any drama without any violence and it's just it's just a lot of dialogue, lot of dialogue. Yeah. and that was what was bogging me down because i don't really like watching movies where it's just a whole lot of talking and talking and talking i like things to happen in a movie um, so that did bog me down a little bit. Um, though they did, they did set the scene nicely. And, um, I thought one thing that I thought was really cool about the movie is there was this feeling of 
not everything is as it seems. Mm. That that seemed to be like a running theme throughout the movie for me. Okay. Um. So yeah, I'll definitely recommend it. I'll take the ending is is worth watching. I'm not gonna give the whole spoiler in that. Go sit through the two and a half hours and get through to the flipping end because you're gonna fucking love it. What happens at the end? And it all obviously it all ties up. It all makes sense. It all links up. Nice, nice. The story and yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. I need to go to the cinema and I've been find trying to find a film like an excuse to go. So um, just while you're opening your drink, what are you drinking there, by the way, Kyle? Because I've not said what I'm drinking because I'm just on boring water. But... <laughs> Malta Guinness. Mm. So uh, if you if you drink super malt, for our listeners that know about super malt, you might not know about this one. It's Guinness, a uh, famous um, stout manufacturer, but their version of a super malt, basically. Non- Malta Guinness. Non-alcoholic malt drink. Cheers. I'm just on the water trying Cheers. to drink two, three litres a day. And get it in. Uh, from viewing, I'll tell you what I was watching. Stranger Things. Did you watch season three of Stranger Things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you think? Dragged? You only just watched it? Yeah. I thought it was... I didn't, I didn't rate it. I didn't think it was that good. I thought it started off really good the first two episodes of season three. And then I think it got really ridiculous and absolutely stupid. And I know it's sort of meant to be because it's strange things that happen in Hawkins. and. Mm. But I just found it just getting this ridiculous. And then dragging out towards the end... Um, and then with the monster and all of that with Eleven, it was just a bit... I don't think it was executed very well. Um, you really like Stranger Things. I'm surprised you didn't like it, man. No, I didn't like it. I didn't mind it. I was. It got progressively worse each season. I mean, here's the thing. Like, the first season was... was classic. Yeah, it was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, really well put together. It was amazing. And I think because it was new and the whole nostalgic tip and the characters were a lot younger and it left a lot to the imagination... And then what I feel let it down towards the season two, although that was interesting in parts where it introduced certain characters, but season three, not a lot was left for the imagination. And then all the Russians and all this under the shopping shopping mall was a bit ridiculous. It was very unrealistic. Yeah, and I know it's not meant to be realistic because they're talking about sci-fi, new dimensions and whatnot, yeah. but just how it was all put together. Um, the singing scene with that Dusty and his girl and the uh, never-ending story. That was corny. Yeah, that was, that was just stupid. Because uh, you knew she was going to come, just how, in, in what capacity. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in season four, because the last scene opens up a lot for, is Harper alive, or was it the other person who's being fed to the the alien monster thing? Oh, the... Uh, right at the end of season... Yeah, the, 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 the guy that was driving the car. There's someone right at the beginning of season one that was like, I think maybe working on Eleven was... They don't know who's left, like, because it says it's got the American in the spare room, you know, right in the in the prison, right at the end of season three, end of credits. Mm. So who could that be? Um, so we wait and see, we wait and see. Uh, something which I started watching today was Mindhunter season two about the FBI and the serial killers okay. interviewing them. That's brilliant television. If you're not seen it, Cal, you got to watch that man. Really good. A lot of dialogue though. Mm. So there's a lot, a lot of good dialogue. Script writing is really cool. Interesting. They interview these serial killers. It's basically about the FBI who are setting it's up... based on a true story? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's basically the FBI who set up... Well, probably a twist on the truth. Uh, they interviewed and set up a department to look at uh, psychopaths and serial killers before they were known as serial killers, before they could be identified as who they are and what they were and why they did it. That sounds kind of interesting. I was recently... It's um, really interesting, man. It's really good. I was recently watching like a little psychology video um, with a doctor. She was an interview of a psychology doctor, a doctor in psychology. Mm. Fucking hell, what's going on with my grandma? 
And she was talking about the difference between a psychopath, a sociopath, and a narcissist. Mm. Wow. And it, there's, there's not that much difference between the three. It's little small differences. Um, so I can imagine watching a show like that will be really interesting because getting into the mind of a psychopath is something that I think everyone finds fascinating, really. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it, they, they do dig and delve and interview the actors who were playing real serial killers. So I really recommend that. Um, yeah. Don't know what, moving on. You got your notes or... Um, I was TV watching wise, the old... Watch? Uh, I did enjoy uh, Stranger Things season three, by the way. You um, did? Yeah, maybe not as much as uh, as season two and season one. I do, I do see that it's on a decline, but I enjoy the the franchise. I love the setting of it in Hawkins back in the eighties. You know, I love seeing all of the the old video games and the cartoons and the clothing. You know, all the old eighties references. It kind of reminds me of my youth, and so I just, I just love going into that Stranger Things world. Yeah. Um. But the actual quality of the show, yeah, maybe it's declined a bit, but I think a lot of a lot of TV shows and a lot of movies suffer from that. You know, like the first one is always like, wow. And then the second one is kind of more of the same. It's hard to get that wow factor again. They've already fleshed out the story. Yeah. So what are they going to do now? Now they have to just kind of stretch it a little bit. Well, like certain things they should just leave. Like, look at Goonies. I don't think, I was having this conversation the other day. Certain films they've left and they haven't remade them. And I feel that they didn't need to remake them. They could have just left it as it, was so Goonies they've left Ghostbusters they remade Ghostbusters they People redid were really Annie upset with that. yeah they redid Annie uh, but it. Annie was good though Annie was all right did you see the It remake yeah I mean there was a, there was a trade off okay. for the It too yeah It too looked a little bit scary but they, they, I don't know why they just have to remake all these things money yeah but like just think about if we legs. were gonna try and make a movie now um, two podcasters. <laughs> How like how good, good cop bad cop? How easy is it going to be to sell a brand new flipping movie versus let's just reboot something that's already got a big name, it's already got a brand, it's already got a fan base. We just do a a 2019 version of it. Yeah, but that's just lazy. That's just lazy. It I is, think. but that's how you make money. No ideas original. Just don't reinvent the wheel. No ideas original. There's nothing new under the sun. It's, I think it's easier to, uh, fucking hell, this reminds me of a convo. But I you're going to gravitate towards yeah. an original screenplay. Sorry, to cut you. You're going to no, cool. gra- gravitate towards an original screenplay, an original film, more than a remake. Like, um, who did a, was it Spike Lee that did Odd Boy? Did a remake of Odd Boy? There's been a remake of Old Chuck. Boy? Old Boy, yeah. There's did been, he? Yeah. There's been, Shit. There's been a remake of Chucky. Hold up! What was the Spike Lee movie called? Old boy, you know the you know the the Asian one where the guy gets kidnapped and he has to sort of yeah, it's old boy. Spike Lee, are you saying Spike Lee actually directed Old Boy? No, he done a remake. He done another version. Yeah, Spike Lee, Old Boy, man, he did it a few years ago, two thousand and thirteen. Look at you checking it. You don't believe me? Not because Old Boy is the maddest movie. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, is it's just lazy where people are putting back 
original films and original productions and then just redoing it. And like I can understand for the theatre and for the stage show and stuff, yeah. But I'm not feeling I was it. disappointed to see the rating for that Spike Lee remake is a lot lower than the original rating. Exactly, exactly. And Spike Lee, who's a legend, who's one of the greatest directors, you know, of all time, easily one of my favourite directors in my in my top, you know, top handful of directors ever. For him to do something like that. Um, so I just feel that more originality needs to come out. Uh, moving swift. Oh, was there anything else you watched? Or oh yeah, I finally started watching that um, the Mo Gilligan's TV show. Oh, the, the latest. Latest, show. yeah. Now that is that is decent. Well, it's better than the bloody big nasty. Show. <laughs> I mean, everything was going to be was, better. Yeah, than that. fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus man. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know whether he he dropped him or they just they didn't renew the second season, the other season, or. But yeah, he's going on to bigger and better things, isn't he? It's yeah, a lot most better. definitely. Shout out to Mo. Like he's definitely put on a very entertaining show. Um, I watched the, uh, I banged out a few episodes. I kind of binge watched it by accident. I watched the Kelly's one. Yeah. Was that with Mel B as well? Mel B was on the previous one, I think. Yeah. Mel B was with Riz Ahmed, and another couple. There was some obviously guests I didn't know. Yeah, Riz Ahmed's um, an amazing actor, great rapper as well. Yeah, he's doing a lot more than that as well, man. He does. Um, he's like an activist and stuff. So yeah, he, okay. He had some really interesting, thought-provoking stuff to say on Mo's show. It seemed like Mo's got a platform. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not too dissimilar to ours, where we let people come up and people can just kind of say what they want to do. They're a bit unlimited. Like you know, they flipping. We're talking about. He asked Riz, "What do you think of Boris Johnson?" And, and he called Boris Johnson a cunt. On TV, bro. Big up, big up Channel 4 for flipping. But Channel 4 have always tried to push the agenda like yeah. that. Even if you think of the old programmes that they used to have back in the day. They've always been edgy, haven't they? Yeah. And he's quite he's funny anyway. Um, and he's got the band as well. He's got the live band and they do a little bit of uh It was a very good karaoke. entertaining show. It's, it's woke, it's conscientious, it's fun. There's a little sing-along. You know, it's dope, man. Go check it out, man. The yeah. latest show with Mo Gilligan. Right. Speaking of cuntish things then, what is up with this home office chicken shop knife crime campaign? So basically they've been putting uh, hashtag knife free and details of how to prevent knife crime or what to do. Um, home office controversial anti-knife crime campaign targeting chicken shop customers and they've got under a lot of lot of issues and a lot of stupidness about it, man. I, I sort of it's disappointing to to see them try and do something positive, but then just get it completely wrong. Have you seen these? You ain't seen the you ain't seen the side the inside the chicken boxes. So it's like a campaign inside chicken boxes. It's not like I'm in chicken shops uh, all day long. No, I'm not saying you are. More than three hundred twenty-one thousand chicken boxes featuring the knife-free campaign branding. Uh, Inside the boxes are inscribed real life stories of young people who have decided to stop carrying knives and focus on positive alternatives such as basketball or acting. So they're trying to reach. So what's that implying then that people that carry knives are going to exclusively go to chicken shops? You see, this is this is it, isn't it? And this is from what the Home Office. Yeah. So the Home Office are saying the target audience are will be in chicken shops. The people that are going around stabbing everyone will be in chicken shops. In Morley's Chicken Cottage and Dixie Chicken. It's taking a piss. It's kind of casual racism in there a little bit. Because I think everyone knows that black people 
go to the chicken shops quite a lot. And I think this is basically aiming for to hit black people because black people like chicken, don't they? I think there's a little casual racism in that. I just think it was, yeah, well, it's, it's fucking stupid and ignorant, man, and it, and it was really poorly executed. Like, even uh, MP David Lammy criticised them. Um, yeah, linking black people and fried chicken. So it is, yeah, it's just... They could have done so much more. And there's, there's lots going on and around London and indeed the UK to do with knife amnesties and knife bins and drop, you know, drop your weapons here or speak to people. But putting a little hashtag and a message inside the chicken box, is that really going to deter? Well, first of all, it's, it's, it's stupid, man. We can agree that they should. <laughs> Why chicken shops? Why not flipping everywhere? In this, in this article you've got here from Campaign Live, uh, David, David Lammy, the Labour MP, has criticised yeah. the use of an age-old trope of linking black people and fried chicken. It's ridiculous. It's actually a it's actually a piss take. Like it's it's kind of funny that they did that. Okay. Mm. Um what's this? Meanwhile, content creation agency Word on the Curb has proceeded its own take on the chicken shop campaign. Uh last Saturday or so, Word on the Curb, which is like a magazine uh, and an online site for, Word on the Curb, I like for, that. for helping young people and getting you know, preventing knife crime. Uh, gave out chicken box outside Westfield Stratford, uh, Westfield Stratford Shopping Centre, East London, and asked the public to write down their ideas for combating youth violence. So they got the young people to write inside the chicken boxes how they should combat uh, young people from killing and stabbing and attacking each other, which probably, well, makes more sense because you're going to directly to the young people and you're saying, right, what do we need? What don't we have? How can we help them? So we need to get more young people and more young youth organisations working closely with the government and local authorities. And I know a lot of people do do things, but we need to we need to keep pushing because it's on the rise. And not just in London, it's everywhere. And it's not just black, it's white, it's Asian, it's Turkish, it's all types of kids are stabbing each other and fighting each other, like we've said previously on the podcast. So, yeah, not not good, not good in the chicken shop. Well, at least they're trying to do something about it. So, but you know, maybe maybe uh, you could do something better. Definitely um, could have done something. Better. I, I want to stop. I want to stop criticizing. You know, I kind of want to st- stop saying this is shit and this is dumb, and then leaving it there. I kind of want to say this is shit or this is dumb, and this is how you could have done it better. Yeah. And I, I kind of think that's going to be a better approach for me. Okay, so you're being more positive. Yeah, although if I have to think on my feet, <laughs> I might have to just not comment on quite a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like there could be better execution with the way they tried to get this message across. Like maybe you could have had um, an advertising campaign on social media because a lot of these young people will be using social media, won't they? Definitely. Um, you can have, you know, some something going on Instagram, something going on Snapchat. You know, maybe you could have had um, something on the radio. Like you can find out what kind of urban radio stations are the youth listening to. You know, maybe it's Choice FM, Capital Extra, they're called now, whatever. Kiss, One Extra. You know, One Extra playing a lot of drill music, you know. Yeah, but that, you- maybe you get the, the radio presenters to shout out the campaign and to talk about something, mm. you know. 
I, 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 don't, I just think there's other ways to reach the youth other than putting chicken boxes in chicken shops. That that is just I don't I don't really like the idea of that. No. But, all right. Well, it stems further than that. I mean, there's there's a lot of contributing factors. Obviously, poverty, lack of education, lack of support, no youth clubs, nowhere for young people to go, no not enough mentors, and not helping these young boys as well. Mainly learn to deal with their emotions and knowing where they can go and who they can confined in when shit hits the fan. So rather than pop the money into ad campaigns, they need to pop the money back into the ground level and wrap up all of these, all of these uh, key sort of targeted young people that are at risk of, of this violence and then, and then directing them in the right way. Right. Pick up these tools and learn how to do this. Mm. Come and do this and learn how to do that. Work in the studio, learn to make music or do a podcast or draw or get your coaching qualifications or you'll become a personal trainer or cook. Um, and then support, you know, I mean, it's the age old, age old education and youth clubs and, and being on the ground level. So, yeah, man. Bit of a negative yeah. one. Bit of a negative one. This, this, this. I like the positive spin you put on it, though. Like you, you know, you're talking about solutions right there, real deal solutions, and that's what it's going to take to fix the problems in society, man. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, anyway, let's pick it up a bit. Let's pick it up a bit. Let's pick the energy up. I'm sweating after energy, that energy, I'm energy, s- energy. Sweating through this t-shirt, man. Um, you sweaty bastard. I am. I'm not gonna lie. I'm still sweating a little bit from playing ball earlier. So I think that's where the sweating's come from. That's where it's from, yeah. It's bit, and plus, it's I was going, I didn't, I didn't come prepared with jeans and a t-shirt. and. Yeah, it was just a little, you know, I mean, it wasn't a serious game, was it? It was just a little... Yeah, it was, man. I'm just going down a serious... What are you talking about? But that was just you, innit? <laughs> that was for the you, championship you, ring. You played 110%. <laughs> I said, yeah, and I beat you. <laughs> need, you That's need why to, you beat me. You need to step your game up, boy. I'm swanning around having a little mess around. You're playing hard. Like, this is the flipping... This it, is it. I take it Most easy. important game of your life. Take it. <laughs> I see you like giving it. myself the pep talk in it before like playing you're like come on Ben you can do this come on English like it's now or never if you never beat him he'll never take you serious <laughs> I don't want to take them take, take it easy on your knees I didn't want to crush you over and pop, oh, shut up, pop your knee man. out of place or pop man. them ankles break them ankles with my Alan Iverson crossover I, I, uh. I hit you with one or two naughty layups you know what I mean one layup, I got the free throw in yeah, man, I, I, you're just lucky. Like I wasn't really going hard. Okay. I could have, you know, I mean, hit you with the killer crossover. I hit, I hit with one or two crossovers still, <laughs> but you know, like as soon as the ball hit the left hand, the dribbling was just whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no left hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to work on that. Yeah, that's all good, man. Look, you don't even, you know, I mean, you play nine again, but I've been playing in it, so. Yeah, and you still hit a few bricks as well. Yeah, but it was your flat ball and your dodgy basketball court in the in in the ends in oh the yeah area. and and it was the gravitational pull of the moon yeah and the way and... the way the earth's surface was <laughs> rotating <laughs> Could, couldn't get my shot off man ah oh, i thank you for lifting the spirits as well ah oh, oh, right i want to talk about this fifa thing with troops go on man yeah so we watched earlier the uh fifa 20 computer game and we just found out that troops from Arsenal Fan TV. So I don't you remember we had um Mo from Arsenal Fan TV on an episode a mm. while back. Man like Mo, shout out to Mo. Yeah, big up big up the Arsenal Fan TV. Uh although they're a bit hit and miss now, I know. People are sort of 
watching to to hate or watching just for or just I know Arsenal fans are like a lot of them are just lost complete faith and just don't like what they're doing and monetizing of Arsenal's failure. But thing is, they it's quite insightful. I still watch certain certain people and I quite like it. I, and think, I like what they're doing. So big up, big up Robbie and the, and the team. I was gonna say I think they've had haters from day dot, like right from the jump. Um, I think they've been they were loved more by neutrals than by Arsenal fans. Mm. Well, it was embarrassing. Neutrals were, were watching it to laugh at us. At, at, at one point, when we were doing really poorly and we were a bit of a banter club, it was embarrassing to watch fans argue with each other and it being filmed and, and pe- hundreds of thousands of people watching it and laughing at us even worse. Yeah. So that was in house fighting and we meant to stay together. Like the whole Venga in, Venga out time, the Sanchez business. It was embarrassing that time. It was, it was. But they've turned it around. I mean, Arsenal have turned it around. I mean, we're still still not great, but the season started okay. And mm. yeah, it's, it's but not even just Arsenal with AFTV, like they've rebranded and everything. Yeah. And um they've they've gone from it being a bit of a chaotic medium where people are screaming and shouting, yeah, looking yeah, at yeah, each other's yeah, faults yeah. to actually very measured, calm, composed interviews after the game where people are just expressing their thoughts on the game and and, and it's totally different from how it used to be. It's really good content. I love it, man. I like I, I always watch it. I'm you know what? I think I watch Arsenal fan TV every day. Do you? I'm a huge fan. That's good. Well you're a big Arsenal fan, so spud me on that. I'm gonna get the yeah, new brother. kit. You're gonna get the new kit or you seen the You know what? I, I'm thinking third kit. Have you seen the third kit? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. right, isn't it? Yeah. It's alright still. I like any of them really. Uh, all of them. The home kit is class as well. Yeah, the red and white one. I miss having collars on shirts, and that's the closest we've got to a collar with all the free kits this mm, season. Mm. So maybe the home the home kit's sick, man. Mm. I like it. But anyway, yeah. Um. So troops, vocal pundit, I suppose, or one of the lead people from Arsenal Fan TV has been brought on by FIFA Twenty to be a voice. Has been an announcer for the Volta football mode. Go on. And we watched a video and we were really gassed from the, the highlights of the five-a-side I'm just going to distract you real quick. Did you see this picture, by the way? The kind of throwback old to the new Arsenal kit. Ian uh, Wright in the old school. Yeah, with last Reece, time we with had Reece the, Nelson. Uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Adidas kit with Reese Nelson. So yeah. pass to the future. I do like it. I do like same it. Same kit, same kit. Bruce Banana. It's not as nice as the Bruce Banana one, but it, it works. It's a modern day... Modern day remix. It's dope, man. It's dope. That's the best Arsenal kit of all time. Wow. That colour. The old Ian Wright. The Bruce Banana. Yeah. David Broadcastle. JVC sponsor. Yeah, man. Wow. I'm feeling that. Yeah, R.I.P. to Rocky. But uh, it's good to see someone sort of like troops who often got slated for like the way he talks and his slang and he swears and stuff. The fact that FIFA have took him on board and they're using him uh, as an announcer so when players do well, when they do when they do poorly, they can hear his hear his voice. So that's a that's a real come up. And I'm looking forward to getting FIFA twenty um so I can, you know, try and beat you and other people. Can I just there. clarify that? It is EA Sports FIFA, not FIFA the, the What football, did I say? The Football International Federation. What did I say? <laughs> FA. No, you said FIFA. Oh. And I just thought people out there might be thinking, what Troops is gonna be commentating for FIFA? <laughs> <laughs> like in the Champions League final. <laughs> You flipping on roll, Brad. Listen, Brad. <laughs> nah, fam. <laughs> nah, big him up, big him up, big him up. I mean, EA Sports. Sorry, sorry, EA Sports. It's because <laughs> no, I was it's multi- FIFA, it's FIFA. I just wanted to clarify. Oh, okay. I, think, I wonder if people get us confused sometimes. They don't understand what we're talking about. Well, so yeah. I just thought I'd clarify that. Yeah. 
Um, a computer but, game, not real life. If you use commentary, <laughs> I bet you could do real life commentary. That would be bants. That would be real bants. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think they have done on on AFTV. I think they've done live uh, broadcasts where they were commentating on games. Yeah, man. But I, I bruv, when you showed me that um, clip for FIFA 20, but I was gassed. Bruv. Yeah, it looks. The sick. what's it called again? Mode, Volta. Yeah. Oh man, bruv, we gotta get FIFA 20. Hundred percent. Like, what I really liked is the indoor football, the five-a-side mm, football mode mm. with the different pitches. And then they had one in London. Like you can go to different cities across the world. There was one in London and it looked just like the five-a-side pitches we have in London. Like they've modeled it perfectly, like the cages and everything. And in the, in the little clip we saw, there was a guy that sort of passed the ball off of the wall. So it's like FIFA Street. They've like incorporated FIFA Street into FIFA 20. Man passed the ball off of the wall, got the ball to his uh, his player, and then guy scored with some like flare shot, like you no, know it looks them good. Ones, like, it looks R- technical. R2 and shoot like some little flare move. They're gonna make it even harder for older people to get to learn how to play it because all these young kids, <laughs> the way they play it, and they're so technical. It's like press six buttons and do this with the with the toggle thing and. Yeah, these games me. aren't made for old times. No, no. Um, keeping it moving with the tech. Um, if I was to say to you, Cal, what three words? What three words would you say if you needed help? If you were lost or stranded? Help me. That's two. Bitch. <laughs> help me now. Help me, please. Well, <laughs> the... <laughs> I like help me, bitch. I'm gonna stick with that. Okay. Help me, bitch. Once she says no, I'm not. Oh, he says I'm not gonna help you. <laughs> Why is it gonna be she? <laughs> He <laughs> could be a he. He might fuck you. Right. What Bitch three words? This, <laughs> this app called What Three Words has been advised from police and local authority to uh, can be downloaded by everyone on your smartphone that has been used to help if you get lost or stranded. Now, What Three Words divides the world into 57 trillion squares, each with a unique three word address. Um, they've used this, or people are, are using this, and said it's really helped and it's you know it's meant to be the way forward for not not navigation but if if people are getting trapped or lost out somewhere and you might not even be able to use postcodes or you might not know where you are so by using the app it should be able to help you um i'm only thinking that if you don't have a signal Mm. or you've got no battery or your smartphone dies or crashes then you're going to need more than three words True, but as long as your phone is on, I think it is a great idea. It's a great way to try and keep people safe, keep them being monitored. You know, maybe with that app, they should try and get that rolled out um, as part of the operating system builds, you know. Maybe that should come with your iPhone. It's already on iOS, or it should come with your Android phone. It's already there on Android, you know. Yeah, or it might be a good way for... a very useful app. Or a good way for everyone to keep tabs on everyone else and know where you are all the time. Well, this is the thing, man. There's a lot of safety concerns with mobile devices these days. Um, I did share a few uh, articles on hacking in uh, my Tech Hop magazine. Have you seen that uh, thing recently. on Netflix yet? That great hack. Have you seen it yet? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah. Is it good? Did we talk about it in the last episode? I, I don't, don't think we talked about it. Is it? I, um, I need to watch it, man. And then I'm thinking about the, like the social media thing. I need to get into that. The social media, like your data and what, like people using social media for the right and wrong things, and how much of your yeah, it's it, big data. Like 
it's big business. Your data is big yeah, business. Yeah, so big we all need to start to cotton onto that and to understand and, you know, take our data a bit more seriously, man. Be a bit more uh, savvy with data protection. Well, as soon as you give your email address to sign up to any Wi-Fi, you've basically, you know, signed off information and giving it over and nothing's for free. You think Wi-Fi is free. It's not. You've got to give your personal details. Companies yeah. are selling... Companies are selling your personal details all the time. Mm. So you just got to be careful with what you do. But interesting, interesting articles to do with the uh, free words, what free words app to help people with their location in rural areas or long roads um, with a single postcode. Help me, bitch. That's the spin-off app from Cal and me. <laughs> help me, bitch. What would that app provide? <laughs> <laughs> to the website. That'd be like Siri. You'd be like, you know, if you ask Siri to do something or you ask, uh, what's the Amazon thing? Um, <laughs> Alexa. Alexa. That's another thing I don't want in my house. That's Buki. So 100% Buki. Wiretap. Um, so you'd be like, ask me, uh, what, what did you say? Help me, bitch. <laughs> say, <laughs> <laughs> you say, right, we need, uh, right, we need Rizzlers. We need barbecue, um, uh, coals, and we need some beers and all the shops are closed. Help me, bitch. <laughs> Hi, I found a shop open two miles away. 24 hours. Perfect. Mate, changing the, changing the future, changing the world. Technology, one app at a time, one click at a time. Trust me, daddy. Trust me. I was going to say, trust me, bitch, but I didn't want to say that. Trust me, bitch. <laughs> I think Help Me Bitch, but it's got a ring to it, ain't it? It's kind of catchy. Yeah, I think you should design it. Go to helpmebitch.com. <laughs> and help yourself. Help me, bitch. Um, music? Next time I go into a store, um, <laughs> if I need some assistance. Uh, excuse, uh, can I help you, sir? Help. help me, bitch. You know what? I'm just... Do you know why it's funny? Because I'm like, just looking for, for the yogurt. I'm not sure where the yogurt is. Like, I can see the dairy, but what I need is the alternative yogurt. Help me, bitch. You see when you got the sunglasses on, you're saying it. You remind me of Rick James. Rick James, bitch. <laughs> Cocaine is one hell of a drug. <laughs> help me, bitch. Right, it's all about music. Rick James, music. Nice segue there. Why have you paused, man? I thought, I thought we was gonna talk about music. We was. I thought he was gonna. I thought he was gonna say something about the music that uh, set you up for the alley oop. That's like the well, alley oop I set you up for. Earlier. You know what? I, I wanted to go into music, but I need you to help me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you! I'm holding into that. I think we. I think we found the name of the podcast episode. Help me, bitch. The mixtape. We gonna talk about this Doja Cat video. We can, but you're still gonna have to help me, bitch. She can definitely help us. Woohoo! Listen. The video. Listen. My guy showed me the video earlier. Right. And bruv, I, I gotta say, like, you're definitely on your AR shit. Cause this video, banging. Levels, innit? Like juicy. If, if anybody knows about Doja Cat, you might know her from that Moo song she did before. It was a bit of a joke, it was a bit of a parody, calling herself a cow. And she was like, I'm not in the mood. Moo, and she's dressing up like a cow. And, you know, and she's sexy and she, she can sing, you know, but the song was a joke. That's a viral, yeah. That, that song went viral and it was just a joke and it and it did its job by gaining more attention. But yeah. she's a really talented singer. She is. Producer, writer, rapper. Um, 
And this this new juicy video just—it's like there's nothing she can't do, man. Well, she can't do any wrong at the minute, dressed like that. But I don't want to oversexualize her because she is a very talented person. But I didn't quite like the Tiger verse. I didn't. I don't think Tiger needed to be on there. And I'm not sure he's on the original on our album. But to be fair, we won't be, be sexualizing her. We we would literally just be describing her yeah, in the video. Yeah, yeah. Well, the video's a lot, but the tune's big, but the video's a lot as well. I like the other video, you but it also with. it also goes to show that American artists, female artists, seem to be needing or using sex to sell more than the UK female rappers and artists, which is an argument I keep saying. That's why I keep flying the flag for the British femcs. Because look at Meg Thee Stallion. What, Meg, Meg Thee Stallion, yeah, she can rap. She's a she's a all right rapper. Like she can she sort of consistently rap good she doesn't say anything that blows you away but she's she uses sex to sell cardi b sex to sell well here's the thing everybody uses sex to sell but some people can't use sex to sell so you have to go in you know you have to play to your strengths don't you like if you're not a necessarily a very sexy looking person then using sex to sell won't work for you will it it, it will just look cringe yeah, no, so I what you got to do is you just got to place your strength. And if you've got bars, then go with the bars. If you've got the flow, go with the flow. If, if you're you a hoe, go. Yeah, if you're a hoe, go with the hoe. But, you know, I like to see, I like to see some hoe in. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, no. You know? But do you think it takes away from the artists of, like, if you just close your eyes and listen to them rap, we would say, oh, they're decent. But then when we open our eyes and see the whole video and the package, it elevates them a little bit more. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, just sprinkling that stardust on top of it, isn't it? Like, you know, um, you could have an absolutely talented artist. I mean, it's a great song. But then when you watch the video, you know, if they're talking about being sexy and doing sexy things, it kind of helps to sell it if they look sexy as well. Because mm, mm. if they don't kind of look like you want to have sex with them, you're then gonna, it's just kind of like... You're not going to mm. buy into it. But yeah, the video is a lot. I think it helps. The song's dope, but the video helps a lot. Uh, so yeah, big up Doja Cat. Uh, we've been listening to Rick Ross' new album, Port of Miami 2. Huh. Oh. What do you think, man? Good album, solid album. Bit of a weird start with Wale record at the beginning. Um, felt like that was a bit sort of an old song that was just put on a new album. Didn't really fit with the flow. You think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you hear it, I mean, I'm a big fan of Wale. Like, Wale is one of my favourite rappers, uh, as I've said before in the past. And I felt that record reminded me a bit more of like old Rick Ross, like that old Trapper uh, sort of two. When did he do like a I'm Big Meech? Them mm. type of. I think I'm Big Yeah, 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 yeah. So Larry Hoover. That wasn't, it didn't really make sense with the rest of the album because, you know, the stuff with uh, Meat Mill, Summer Walker, that was, that was. Fire, the Gunplay record I really like I really like I really like Gunplay mm, Gunplay's got bars yeah yeah um, though his albums aren't really the best well he's a bit of a funny one isn't it Gunplay because he's not really a rapper is he? he's more of like a street dude mm. um, just with Rick Ross behind him but I like the album it's a good album but, excuse me it, it was a solid album yeah I, I like this Ross album man I thought um, typically like a Ross album it was very well produced with some really amazing big orchestral productions on there. Um, you know, 
and 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 it was littered with star features, yeah, big yeah. names. Good to hear Nipsey on there. You know, yeah. So you know, you already mentioned he's got his MMG fam on there, Wale and Gunplay, mm. um, and he's also got you know Jeezy on there. He's got Swiss Beats, Meek Mill. Obviously, Meek being another one of uh, his MMG fan, but Meek is, uh, is a huge star in his own right as well. Um, a boogie with a hoodie, it's got that you quite like. John Legend, Drake. And the late Nipsey Hussle, which is a great record. And it's nice to hear Nipsey again, you know, now mm. that he's deceased. We're, we're, we're going to be hard-pressed to find new music from Nipsey Hussle, man. So hearing his verse on um, Rich... N lifestyle. I could have just said it. I don't know why. Why should I tiptoe over it? It's up to you if you want to say should it. Should I tiptoe over it? You, 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 well, you're allowed to say it. It's not like I can say it. So you say it if you want. But um, I mean, you could say it if you want to. So I think Slow Tie said it on his album. I think he's mixed race. Is he? Yeah. That's what. Does that mean he gets? A, do you get a pass if you're mixed race? Yeah. But you look white. He's... Can you still drop the N bomb? If you want to. Yeah. It's optional. Yeah. I mean, I think if... It, it's kind of red shorts looks decent, man. It's, it's, it's a funny one. It's a funny one to say. I, I, find, I don't think people need to say it. If they want to say it, Ooh. they take ownership of it. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. So I got sucked He's into distra- the fight for a minute. They look like, <laughs> hey, the, that, that one blow, I was just thinking that if he what caught I like from, him with What that, I like from the Rick Ross album is that he gives that whole sort of cinematic orchestral feel that you said he paints a picture. It's like a mm. Scorsese or Francis Ford Coppola. You know, I, I like that type of Rick Ross, like that mm. big talk. Because he's, he's a he's a great rapper, man. He's he's definitely a... Do you say I didn't know under- he was such a Ross man. Yeah, man. He's an under... But I like a certain type of Ross. Like, I, you know... You like the poetic, yeah, and I think the he's poetic got, Ross that yeah. puts the bars down. Yeah, man, and and so much of what he does, he's got good cadence, he's got good flow, um, and when it, the beat selection is is second to none, you know, he can choose mm-hmm. the the beat production. He can he can choose uh, that Just Blaze record on the album's beat is good. So yeah, solid from Rose. Go get that. It's called Port of Miami 2. Mm, the original mm. Port of Miami was an album that put Rick Ross firmly on the map. I'm the biggest boss that you see thus far. Like, yeah. So he's gone back into that chamber mm, mm. to deliver maybe Port that's of Miami why, 2 and it bangs. Yeah, maybe that's why the Wiley Records on at the beginning, like an ode to the earlier trap, trap stuff that he did. I think that's what it's for. I think it's literally bridging the gap between mm. like going back to Port of Miami 1 and kind of like bridging that gap between the past and the present. Yeah. And just, then also looking toward the future. Just Yeah, it just seemed to be oddly placed. Like if there was a record either way or an intro which explained that or, or carried it on or, or, or led into that record or if that mm. record would have been maybe a bit, a bit later on in the track listing. But to kickstart it, Te- technically that record was the intro yeah but it just dropped like that and it didn't re- and mm. then the rest of the album wasn't as coherent like the album did then flow but it wasn't as coherent with that record to begin with if, if, if I know I know what you mean yeah. I know what you mean yeah it, it, sonically it seemed like it didn't fit yeah and Wiley on a on, on a on a like that type of track record is 
you know, it don't don't really flow. He's sort of he's more on a slower beat or a more thoughtful retrospective type vibe. So an interesting choice nonetheless. Going from one trap star to the other, Blade Brown, everyone's favourite trap star, bags and boxes four. That just sounds like it is what biggest, it is, isn't it? Bags and boxes. Biggest drug dealer anthem. <laughs> I think we had a conversation a few episodes back about which rappers do the best coke talk. And I'd, I'd, I'd put Blade, Bra- Blade Brown up there with the most consistent and just drug talk. Pyrex talk, mm. whipping it up, plug talk, all that shit for the, for the traps and the, and, the, and, the, and the drug dealers, basically. That motivation. So... I mean, it doesn't really deviate from that. And if it ain't broke, why fix it? And it's provided an outlet for his music and his creativity. So music for the gym, music to go running to, music to drive to. And obviously, if you're partaking in criminal activities, it's highly motivational to do that as well, I would say. Although we don't don't condone that. That's controversial. So you think... This album could potentially motivate someone to do some grease. Well, this is the this is the argument. Does does music influence people? Is drill music influencing these young people to go out on mad flipping, just shanking each other? And did gangster rap motivate people in the in the nineties? Did rock music influence people to go and start bar fights and stuff like that? Well. I don't know. I don't think so. I think music puts you in the mood. Mm. I think if you're if you're a dealer and you're listening to that, it's gonna motivate you in, you know, in the trap. And it's it's like a life. You know, people are like, oh, just wanna wanna live that lifestyle, and it's glorified. The drug trade is glorified. But if you're really in the drug trade and you're plugging drugs up your bum or you're <laughs> you're making, <laughs> it's true, bro. What? Or you're sticking drugs up fucking. People's bums and they're going to like country and going, you know, out of town and all that. Or you're having to deal with like drug addicts or. I think they're more swallowing stuff than sticking. Nah, bruv, they're plugging. It's plugged. Trust me. All right. So it sounds glorified on a record, but the reality is. That's grim. It's super grim. Going up in a, in a, in a addict's yard and it's all shitty and you're having to like coach there for weeks and shot and you could get nabbed or robbed it's you know the reality is it's not a very nice lifestyle but it's been glorified through music so could the music and film yeah and film yeah 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 some classics and video games you know there was that uh grand theft auto game where you were literally that's like larceny and like in in the hood robbing people and and like no selling you was literally selling drugs you were selling product to make money and expanding your territory. Do you think that had influenced Going you? on little shootouts with rival gangs. I mean, anything can influence somebody, can't it? It's yeah. not just music. Music isn't the only medium in the world that mm, could potentially mm, mm, influence mm. somebody. So, you know, it, 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 I think if, you, if you're going to have that conversation and say that music can influence someone to do some wrongdoing, then also Scarface, you hear a lot of rappers referencing Scarface, the movie, yeah. in their raps. Then also a movie like that, most definitely influenced people. So movies are influencing people. What's that? Uh, and also video games are influencing people. Uh, you what's know, that Jay-Z lyric? That uh, Scarface, Scarface the movie did more than... Scarface the... Scarface the movie did more than Scarface, Scarface the, the rapper, rapper to me. me. Yeah. So that was when he had his beef with Scarface the rapper. Yeah. And he just dropped that line as a throwaway like... Just 
just hold that. You're shitting out at me. Can't shit on Jay. But yeah, big up uh, Blade Brown doing a lot. Motivation for the streets. The streets. Bags and boxes for. Uh, we had Rick Ross, Doja Cat. Oh. Um, got to talk about, I like this Murs and Ninth Wonder on a more soulful vibe. Murs, Ninth Wonder and the Soul Council put together a solid project. Murs, whenever he collaborates with Ninth Wonder, does really well. The, the, was it? Ilad is dead and the Odyssey is over. I think I said that right. What? Ilad. Yeah, I don't know what that is, mate. But yeah, the ninth, well, ninth wonder is phenomenal from his work from Little Brother, um, working with Murs. Um, really liked. Do you rate Murs? Yeah, I do, I, I, he's consistent. I've, I've liked him for a long time, like back in the day. And he's this consistent, like good storyteller, good flow. He's like, he's like an everyday, everyday person rapper, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like, you can imagine he's got, he's gone to work for whatever he does. And he does, he raps in the evening and weekend and he does his shows and he's relatable in terms of relationships, smoking. He works at Hip Hop DX. Does he? Yeah. Fair play to him. So, and he stayed consistent. Like he's kept going, he's easy on the ear, he's easy to listen to. I don't think he'll blow you away like lyrical, miracle, punchline heavy, but the beats, are, you know, the beats help him. Definitely the beats from Ninth, Ninth Wonder Beats aren't too, uh, what's the word? The drums he uses are quite soft and easy on the ear. Great soulful vo- uh, vocals. Um, give me a reason I really liked. Give me a reason the vocal flips from Ninth does. So yeah, go check that out. Did they sample Portishead? Give me a reason to love you. No, they didn't. If they did, I would have been feeling that. Someone's done that though, I think. But um, yeah. no, he, he, he sampled some... I'm not going to play it now, obviously, but I'll play it to you after the show. But just some soul... And it's just, yeah, man, it's real good. So big up the uh, the Soul Council, Murs, and no, yeah, man, I'm gonna have to one, check that out. Uh, Ninth Wonder don't really miss, does he? No, he doesn't. He doesn't. And I know Black Milk dropped an album. I've been feeling that. Black yeah, speak Milk on album. it. Speak on it, because I know he played a show in London, didn't he? I wanted to go, but it looked amazing. I, on the day, like I just had some work commitments that I couldn't get myself out of. Um, so I ended up missing the show. It did look amazing, man. Uh, Black Milk performing live at London's Jazz yeah. Cafe. Big up Duke 84 because he was there and I saw via his Instagram that it looked flipping Lit. dope, man. And it sounded ridiculous like with the, the drums and the live music. So yeah, Big up Duke 84, great producer. You got to go check him out as well. Uh, so yeah, what is it about the Black Milk album? Because well, I listened to the first two records now. You played it to me. And I, did, I, I confessed, I said that's someone I need to get into more because he's a very talented artist and I need to give more time to that. But that yeah. Out, yeah, I mean, for me, Black Milk is, is one of my favourite rapper slash producers of all time. Mm. He's fucking dope, man. Like, he's come from that kind of Jay Diller yeah, kind, I was gonna of, say, kind yeah. of sample sounds, mm. um, sort of beat making production um, with just kind of like the everyday raps like he kind of used to describe. Um, Merz with to you know someone that's a bit more what's the word I'm looking for he, he's 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 really grown as a musician mm. so now his style is very like there's a lot of uh, uh, composition going on there's a lot of 
musicians you know you, you can hear all of the different instruments across this album mm. and it is just really really good music with a soulful sound to it message and yeah lyrically he's improved a lot over the years I think generally when you get guys that rap and produce it's hard to get someone that is a super sick rapper or a super sick producer because they're doing two jobs man so you know, generally, if they're pretty pretty damn good at doing both, you got to give them super props. That's why Kanye West gets a lot of props because like he's pretty good at rapping. He's pretty good at making beats as well. Um, for, with Milk, I always thought that the beats were a lot better than where the rhymes were at. Okay, but he's 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 taking his flow up to the next level, man. And on this album, he really delivers. Like like lyrically, he's on point. Flows are tight, man. Just it, it, I'm. I, it's an album that I've listened to over and over and over. It's called Dive, soulful production, just really, like, the lyrics really made me sit and think, man. That's important. Yeah, man. Especially in this day and age, like, we get a lot of ignorant shit or shit that just Mm. washes off and doesn't really hold any substance. So I'm I'm, going to go and check that. I'm going to meditate to that. Yeah, the track, the the album opens up with the track Save Yourself. I like the concept of that. Mm. Like... I think there's a lot of people out there that don't take responsibilities for their own actions and they try and look to other people to save them, but you have to save yourself. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's it. Help yourself, help yourself. Um, I know Currency dropped a new album, Hot August Nights. Um, I need to get into that properly, but first few songs, must admit, eyes closed. The same, you know, you know what you're getting with Currency. Poet, wordsmith, Nice chilled out beats, you know, something to ride to, something to smoke to. So go check that out. I'm going to get into that one. And we had Snoop, the dog, no, not the dog, well, he's the dog father, but I want to thank me. Um, yeah, more of the same with Snoop. I don't know. It, it, Snoop, it doesn't, never going to blow you away, is it? But he's just consistent again. The song with Slick Ricks was bloody decent on that. Where was it? So misinformed. I really like that. I thought that was all right. And you know, I don't know, with Snoop's newer stuff, man, like, so the album, I want to thank me. Um, with his newer albums, I just, I, I kind of generally feel like there's something missing. Like, there's the odd banger here or there, but there isn't throughout the whole album, like, you know, and Snoop's a legend, so it's yeah, like, yeah. it's not like I want to say that, but... And it, this was another one of those albums, man, yeah. where it was just like, uh, and there's so many tracks, there's like 22 songs on there. Maybe this didn't blow you away. Oh. If 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 this was cut in half, there would definitely be 10 songs that, that all fit together nicely that make a really good album. You want to know about a long playlist, yeah? How many songs does that say? Lipping, now 36 songs. What the hell is that? <laughs> so quality... Is that an album? Yeah, quality control. Oh, uh, before it's, we move on It seems like quick. a mixtape, but I said, I'm not going to go into it because okay. it was, it was okay. trash. It was awful. But oh, Migos, Little Yachty, and like that type of that type of group of people. But um, yeah, that was dog shit. But 36, <laughs> 36 records. 36 like, tracks. It's not like a mixtape. That yeah, sounds so like... Carry on. Yeah, everything they recorded, they just put it out. Uh, no quality control. Definitely no um, quality control from them, man. But um, yeah, I mean, Swiss Beats is on it. I like the song with Snoop and Swiss Beats. I think that's a big track still. Swiss Beats is putting in that work, man. He's getting on everyone's album. Every high-profile artist is working with Swiss right now. Um, and um, Chris Brown's on there. Um, Wiz Khalifa. There's a, lot, there's a load of big names. Jeraine Dupree. See, Swiss is a funny one, though, because like, he can become annoying on a track if it's not his. Or... I, I, 
I get the effect of what he's doing and he provides the amped up ad-libs and the hook. Mm. But it's always necessary. Yeah. Like it worked well on the Jada records, like, uh, he's phony, he's fake. And then if it's his production. So I don't even know if it's necessary having Swiss beats. I on like Swiss, man. I think Swiss No, he's a legend, man. I'm just, I'm just throwing it into, into question of like, does he really need to be on these... When was the last? What was the last Swiss Beats joint? I think was he on Nas's album? What the Lost Tapes one or the? Yeah, the Lost Tapes two. I've not listened to that properly yet. Um, Lost Tapes two is cold, man. You need to check that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, I said I was. So so many, mu- so much music, so many albums. It is so but many podcasts. I, I think the the latest the the track on this Snoop album that I really like mm. is called One Blood One Cuz, and that's the tribute to Nipsey Hussle. One Blood. And it's a yeah, it's a really special song, man. Nice, like, nice. Yeah, if you haven't heard that, go listen no, to I'm that. I'm gonna get into that Put after on repeat, today's man. show. That's a tune. Um, good. I think we've uh, he got one line in there where he goes, uh, "Every neighborhood Jesus has a neighborhood Judas." Wow. So he was talking about the guy that killed Nipsey they were from the same hood weren't they mm. so Nipsey being the neighbourhood Jesus has his counterpart the neighbourhood Judas yeah it's fucking deep isn't it Judas was cast out mm. Judas was the snake mm, mm. tried to bring Jesus down do you want to talk about this Anthony Joshua and Lennox Lewis before we wrap it up the boxing we wrapped up the music and the boxing's on TV now as we're just chatting away. Episode 51 at Beer at Bants. We, we can touch on that, mate. Touch on it like a jab from Lennox Lewis. So, all right, AJ's done this interview, right? Yep. And so the first time I heard of it is he's done this interview on Sky Sports and the, the interviewer said something like, what do you think of uh, Lennox Lewis? And AJ just went off on one. Yeah. And I was like, rah. Like, so he's one of them cheeky journalist questions where she probably knew there was some beef with AJ and Lennox Lewis. So she asked him the question, right? Mm. And then the way he reacted, like he reacted like he's never had no media training in his life. And he's usually a very, you know what I mean? Like the gracious champion, like very sort of humble people try and draw him in. And then he, he just kind of remains reserved. And he says, hey, you know what? I'll do my talking in the ring, you know? But this time he just... He just, I don't know. He just let it all out. Like, he basically I wonder if... A, he be, called him a clown, didn't he? I wonder if having lost his belt, he's lost his call with that as well. Yeah, he's lost, it's gone to his head. Head's gone, head's gone. I mean, he, he said he said something like, um, me and Lennox Lewis are cut from a different cloth. Yeah, he said, Lennox is a clown. I don't respect Lennox. Me and Lennox are cut from a different cloth. Um uh, Joshua said his own legacy will be to enjoy and appreciate the next generation of fighters coming through saying that Lennox isn't that basically implying that Lennox is sticking his nose in and he needs, needs to let the next generation just do their own thing do you, do you know where this originated from? I believe it stemmed from Lennox commenting on Anthony Joshua's trainer something along those lines or also saying about um, him not having to worry about his undisputed tab or this sort of I don't know if he was throwing shots or it was unwarranted anyway. I mean, they they just need to just focus on what they're doing. Like Lennox Lewis needs to focus on being a legend and promoting and, you know, providing his, his viewpoints on, on television and whatnot, whatnot. Joshua just needs to worry about trying to get his belts back. 
I say trying as well. Man's mm. gonna have to try hard. I think it's important to know what Lu- what Lewis said initially, though, um, in order to have a proper debate about this, um, because it could be that you know he didn't say anything controversial, and AJ's just misread what he said and, and reacted to it negatively, or it could be that you know he's wrong, man, and he you know he's he's made some inflammatory comments that yeah. have obviously rightfully pissed off AJ at the moment. I just don't know. Well. Since then, I think Lewis has tried to offer a, you know, peace offering and willing to sort of hash it out or just, just you know, bury it and whatnot. But it can't have been that serious. I think Joshua is just obviously pissed off that Lewis has said something and he, he'll never be, or I say never be where Lewis was, but it's going to be hard considering his ability. Uh, and also not fighting the other other two two top boxers so yeah not good not good a bit bit of controversy and we're also also controversial because the Ruiz fight um is going to be in Saudi Arabia possibly so not a lot of people not happy with that well I mean I saw a little vid the other day where this guy was saying um he thinks that Ruiz is trying to not have the rematch trying to stall, he's trying to put off the fight because the rematch was scheduled to be in Saudi Arabia uh, and there's been a statement from Ruiz about, you know, security concerns and not wanting to fight in Saudi Arabia. Mm. Um, And the guy in the video, he pointed out that, you know, Saudi Arabia is like a level two on the national security list. So it's like, it's stated as being not very safe, not a very safe place to travel to. Exercise caution if you travel there. Um, which is interesting, you know, because, you know, some people go to some very unsafe places to fight, don't they? They just rely on their security team and the organisers to make sure the event's going to go down well. Mm. Um, you know. It's a, it, it doesn't help British boxing fans and it does seem that they've just gone to follow the money and double their money in a place where, yeah, I don't know, you've got to be careful if you're a female journalist or, or boxing fan travelling on your own and it's going to be hard for, for fans to get over there. Money talks. I mean, ideally, they wanted it in Wales, I believe. Really? Yeah. Well, just the uh, just the capacity of the stadium. Because wherever Andy Joshua's going to fight in Britain, he's going to... It's going to be a roadblock. Yeah, it's going to command a big crowd and he's trying to get his belts back. Um so and they didn't want it in America, so somewhere else neutral. Man, we've talked about everything else apart from boxing when we're talking about boxing. That's mad. What do you mean? Like we're talking about all this other out of the ring. Yeah, shit. but it's still it's still the boxing. Um, I think just going back to what you were saying earlier about the Lennox Lewis was uh, passing criticism on Joshua, um, okay. how his team handled negotiations with Deontay Wilder, but he apparently works with a TV company that deals with Wilder. Mm. So Lennox Lewis was throwing his 10 cents in or 10 pence in or whatever country you're from and say it. And then Joshua was obviously took that personal and got upset, then said what he had to say. And then, you know, so disrespecting legends. And obviously uh, Joshua felt disrespected by Lennox Lewis, probably feeling that he should be backed up I'm, by I'm... a ex-Brit. Oh, sorry, a Brit who's ex, uh, ex, ex yeah. Boxing I'm, I'm gonna need to find out exactly what Lewis said. Like, my standpoint on it is Lennox Lewis is a certified ledge. Yeah, 
legend, undisputed heavyweight champion, unified the division. Nobody's even done that since. So, you know, him as a, a luminary figure in boxing, he needs to be present. He needs to be able to come out and say stuff and have his opinion. His opinion holds weight. Mm. It's kind of like having um, Pele or Maradona in football. Yeah. Like these guys need to be involved. And oh, if yeah, they yeah. want to say something, if they want to criticize someone, sometimes you just got to take that L because your OG has just said something, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. So for. But it's obviously rattled him and he's obviously feeling pissed off because he's not the man anymore. You know what it is though? At the same time, like, do you remember when Ice T come out and he was dissing Soldier Boy? And he was like, yeah. the hell is this soldier boy? Like, this guy's ruining hip-hop. Like, and Karis one was dissing Nelly. That was a bit different, I was think. It? But specifically, with that Ice-T and Soldier Boy example, okay. that was an example of an OG dissing someone from the younger generation. Yeah. And to be honest with you, the way he did it, I felt he was wrong. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, you know, even if you don't agree with the way he's doing his thing, he's moving culture forward. Soldier Boy's a legend. He's got bangers. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't my type of music that he was making, so I could see where Ice-T was coming from, but I just think the way he delivered the message, it was very, because he said, like, eat a dick, and he was being really offensive wow. and shit like that. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have told that young boy to eat a dick. Like, there was no shouldn't tell anyone to uh, eat a dick. You see what I'm saying? So that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why it's important to know misses, exactly so. what... Um, Help me, bitch. <laughs> 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 eat it, man. Eat a bitch. Eat, eat a dick, bitch. Help me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this 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 podcast has been a roller coaster oh. of of uh, banter and serious shit. Yeah. Um. As always. Yeah. Sorry, man. I, I just. I, but I'm glad. Yeah, I'm, cool. I'm, I'm glad we've we've flowed. It'll be interesting to see what happens, and you know, I hope they can. They'll they'll work things out. Is what, Andy Ruiz gonna beat? And any Joshua, if they finally get a rematch going, I'd like to say no. I'd like to, I'd like to see Josh uh, Anthony Joshua winning the titles back, as I said for British boxing. I think if he can lead with his jab, keep the distance, and box clever, and take him seriously, then yeah. But if he goes toe to toe and gets caught, then no. So basically, he's fighting for his career because he's gonna have to rebuild it up again. You know. He's in the doghouse, man. Yeah, it'd be nice to see it. Uh, I mean, they're going to put it in Saudi Arabia, but it'd be good to see if it does actually end up there or if they have it on home soil. This is a great fight in the background. Danny Garcia, Sean Porter. Yeah, man, yeah, can't great, wait. Great fight. Could that fade on Danny Garcia, man? Yeah, he got faded in this fight as well. <laughs> oh, shit. Sean Porter punched him up. It's a good fight. Go, go check it out. Not just his hair that's catching a fade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we covered everything, Cal. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. Actually, I'm feeling like I need to chill for a bit. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You st- still a bit sweaty after the basketball and all this podcasting, man. It's hard work. Yeah. So don't forget, yeah, it is, man. Uh, especially when you get beat by me. Uh, I'm not joking. Whatever, man. <laughs> There's a sp- lucky the lucky Spence jump Jr. shot. Um, lucky jump shot. What was I gonna say? Oh, there's a know. classic. There's a classic Noriega line that I always say in basketball. Like a Stockton shot, won't look where it drops. And on that note, at Beer at Bants, at Ings LT. At Cal Sirius. Thank you for listening. Make sure you go subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And make sure you go check out older episodes. And don't forget to check out the episode with The Shed and uh, The Wrong Side of 30. And look out for future collabs with other podcasters and other things we've got lined up. 
Yeah, and also look out for the gravitational pull of the earth because that might affect your jump shot. And <laughs> especially, you know, if the ball isn't inflated properly and if your your jeans are a bit too tight. There's nothing you wrong know. with my tight jeans. That's a fashion. They're not super tight. They're not like... Yeah, well, you're the one saying, oh, my jeans, I'm playing in my jeans and my glasses. Yeah, but I... All right. You're taking it personal now. You're taking it personal. Right, you can beat me at FIFA now when we when you finish. Obviously, I'll beat you at FIFA. That ain't even a question. All right, man. Thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for subscribing. Make sure you go support and take we care. Are. Peace.